Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. It's week nine in the National Football League. You do not want your mistakes to happen now. Here we go. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, you can tell my voice, we've got a lot to get to, and I'm getting right down to it. I cut the music, uh, all the theatrics. Look, it's week nine. We've got some of the best players in the world in high stakes fantasy football in our chat room tonight, as always. I'm getting a lot of great feedback about the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue. Mike, you're enjoying the Breeders' Cup. Tell me about your day-to-day, and where's that buzzometer? Well, I'll tell you what. The buzzometer is uh, pretty high right now. Uh, it's really high, especially when what we uh, talked about last week on Red vs. Blue about LeGarrette Blunt and Jacob Tammy. I hope Woo! that everybody was able to uh, – Able to get a, get on board about uh, Legarrette Blunt and the game that he had last week, and uh, my Big Blue University of Kentucky uh, grad from uh, University of Kentucky, Jacob Tammy, with the Indianapolis Colts filling in admirably in uh, in Dallas Clark's place. Uh, so uh, you know that that was a uh, that that was a good feeling to uh, to watch both of those players uh, just do great. And as far as the Breeders' Cup, hey. Goes in Yada. Hey, three four seven three two four five four zero four. I want to welcome Sackett and Marty to the uh, chat room here, Red versus Blue. Uh, the guys are all loading in, man. They come in every Friday night. We've got seven point two. We got Donnie T. Azuri, Dave Prefuse, Josh, and Garbage Points. King of Queens is in the chat room. A six-figure winner in high stakes fantasy football. 
How you doing, Glenn? Prognosticator, one of the best, uh, the owner of this FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. He's here tonight. And War Kittens, John Duckworth. If you guys have a question of who do I start, come to the crew. Ask your questions in the chat room or give us a call. We'd be happy to help in any way we can. We try to do our research. We don't uh, – we, we do a little bit of winging it here when we have to, uh, but you know what? Hey, that's what it's all about. We're just a couple of guys who love this hobby. We're obsessed with it. We play in the high stakes leagues. Uh, we're hoping to cash this year. We've got a couple of good teams, Mike. And uh, this year, I've got on one of my teams, I've got one Mr. Legarrett Blunt, and you, you mentioned his name. And last yep. week, he's looking like Earl Campbell out there, man. He's doing the hurdle. He's he's the spin move, going 50 yards. This guy, now that he's got this uh, this this uh, this running this this position where Cadillac Williams is now coming off the bench and he's kind of in a support role, Legarrette Blunt looks like he could be really something special if he's on your roster. Yeah, no question, no question, Scott. Uh, you get him out of the college realm uh, because there, I mean he he had an attitude problem. Uh, you get to the NFL and things going to change where. Uh, there's going to be different players going to stand up in your face and say, hey, this is the NFL. Well, he proved that he belongs in the NFL last week because that high step and that, uh, you know, jumping over the linebacker and then moving forward, moving forward continuously. Uh, and uh, yeah. he's going to be a player. If you are if you have any any doubts about LeGarrette Blunt and his attitude, uh, I think that that's changed because maybe of that head coach, but uh, things are looking good for LeGarrette Blunt and owners. <laughs> Definitely. LeGarrette Blunt, listen, I'm telling you, you know, I, I kind of had the bad opinion of him there for a while, but screw it, you know, I kind of like the fact that he punched that guy in the mouth. You know what I mean? And he's, a, yep. he, he's, a, he, he, he's no holds barred, man, and, and he shows it in, on, on the ground. I mean, he – he came on strong the last couple of weeks, 11 for 72 against St. Louis in week seven, and then, you know, 120-yard day against uh, Arizona last week. And you can see what's going on there. You know, Cadillac wins is doing that transitioning. And, again, Blunt looks like a very startable running back, a definite flex spot for you if you have him. Uh, if you, you know, if, it, if it's down to like a Blunt versus maybe a Keller as a flex, man, you – you just got to put the running back in at this time of the year. It's getting cold weather. The reception, you know, used to be king in the beginning of the season, but now as it gets colder, it it becomes more about the defense and the ground game. You know what I'm talking about, Mike, and and that's why it's always well, nice well, to have well, a running back to stash on your roster. Well, yeah, absolutely. And another thing you have to look at is uh, look at the confidence of the team moving forward. They have confidence in their quarterback. They have confidence in their running back. Uh, they have confidence. Confidence in their uh, wideouts and especially their defense. This team has a lot of confidence, and this coach—I mean, they have—they bought into what he's what he's selling. And uh, you know, this Tampa Bay uh, team is—you know—they're team to be reckoned with. Uh, you know, I'm not saying they're going, you know, win their division. I mean, it could be, but they—they've uh, got a lot of things uh, moving forward in a positive way. Yeah, and I did I did check out the schedule for uh, Legarrette Blunt. Two games against Atlanta, several other very tough matchups for them. It's it's not going to be easy. Listen, the Falcons rush D has allowed just 286 yards over the past uh, three games. So, you know, uh, Cincinnati it's been tough to run against. 
uh, you know, Cincinnati didn't do much. And the Falcons rank sixth right now in the NFL, 95 yards allowed per game. And, Mike, only three rushing touchdowns in over seven games or, or in seven games. So, this is uh, yeah, this is this is no joke of an Atlanta defense. They're at home. Matt Ryan is really making that team click. And what do you think? Michael Jenkins is back in that lineup, and and Matt Ryan, uh, look, he he he, he tore yeah. up the Bengals two weeks ago. He, he threw for two hundred ninety nine, uh, three touchdowns. They don't allow sacks there. This team is actually looking like the class of the NFC. Like we could be a home field team. Yeah, the, you know, you're right, because uh, the NFC, uh, there's not much there. Uh, you know, when you talk about it, uh, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, I'm looking at it right now, and the over and under is 44-and-a-half, so that screams of points. So, you know, if, if you're going to tell me that Vegas is telling me that the uh, over and under is 44-and-a-half, then uh, Tampa Bay has got to score some points somewhere. And uh, But Atlanta, they, I mean, they've got a solid team. Uh, you know, Turner, I mean, he's he's getting into his stride. So uh, Atlanta's going to be a very tough team to contend with in the NFC. But, you know, it's very hard to figure out which team is going to separate themselves from the other when it comes uh, playoff time as far as the NFC goes. Hawk and Rolls in the chat room here, Ricky, Mike. They keep coming in every Friday night. You get the best minds in fantasy football today. They're here tonight. If you have a question, you ask it in the chat room. They'd be happy to help you. Now, you're going to have to probably log in, uh, get you a guest account, and, uh, you know, just post your question in the chat room. But these guys are here to help. They'd be happy to help for this one hour that we're here every Friday night. They'll give you some insight, probably a tip or two that maybe an angle that you haven't looked at. That's what this is about, Mike. It's just just having another perspective on something that you haven't been able to look at it that way. And and maybe somebody else can. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you, a gambler likes to look at those over-unders. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with Matt Stafford this week, okay? For me, Matt Stafford came back to the Lions with authority. You know, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Calvin Johnson had 15 targets. Pettigrew snagged a touchdown. Burleson was involved. Best catching the ball. I mean, it's, it's really going well. And here you go, though. Now this week they play the Jets D, who... I mean, they just limited Aaron Rodgers to 150 yards last week, and it was in the was in the wind. And but look, this Jets D is, is tough. You got and they limited Kyle Orton to 200 yards, and you know they're they're only allowed they're very stingy. You know, last three games under 200 yards per game, uh, second best in the NFL over the last four weeks, Mike. So I'm trying to understand what to do with Stafford this week. They got a really tough matchup against a Jets D that you know they're going to hopefully have them prepared this week. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tough situation for Stafford. But uh, you know, at home uh, right now, the uh, the over and under is forty one and a half, which seems like a uh, seems like a pretty mean number uh, because uh, the Jets they don't give up much. But Detroit being at home, and uh, let's face it, uh, Stafford and Calvin Johnson they are connecting. They are connecting real quick and easy, just as if. Stafford has never left. I mean, you know, they're they're getting along just fine. Uh, the Jets, the problem I have with the Jets, they've got to find a way to score points. Last week was a real bummer for them uh, to score nothing against Green Bay, against a banged-up Green Bay. Uh, that was – that doesn't bode well. So, uh, I, I see the uh, Detroit being uh, their defense – 
their ears being pinned back and uh I you know, Jets defense being pinned back, but I think uh, Detroit's gonna make bigger plays happen with uh with uh Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson. Well, uh, look, Jarvis Best is definitely a start. Calvin Johnson, you have to throw him in there. But uh, I'm not sure. Pettigrew does have a little bit of an injury. It does sound like he's going to play. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the Chargers, the Chargers game uh, against Houston this week. So let's, let's move our attention to that game, Mike. Rivers, look, he's on pace to challenge Dan Marino's single-season 5,000-yard passing season. And, Look, this year he slung it 2,600 yards, Mike, 15 touchdowns, seven picks through eight games. So he's on pace to do it. And and look at Gates, Mike, blowing away the field of fantasy tight end so far. Uh, he's doing it with a sore toe again. you got Floyd out. You've got Nene out. Now you enter Creighton, who's looking good. And then you've got your your boy, uh, <laughs> Tutu. you got Tutu in the lineup. Tutu. He, he's thrown yeah, for 300 yeah, yards yeah, in three yeah, of his last four that. games. You've got to start and be excited about Phillip Rivers. The Texans' pass D is absolutely awful, Mike. They averaged 300 yards allowed per oh. game this year with 16 touchdowns. If you've got Rivers, <laughs> wow, you're, you're in for a, for a treat. Now, the question is, is Creighton in for just as big a game, Mike? I mean, what, what else do you see here in, in this game? Well, I – First off, uh, they set the old and under at 50, so that screams at points. Uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, Aaron Foster, uh, you know, Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson, I mean, they're going to do what they can. Uh, could, it be, could Kevin Walter maybe wake up again? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done anything in the last couple of weeks. Uh, on the San Diego side of things, uh, yeah. I've got my guy, Sayo Ajiro Tutu. I don't know how to say it, but uh, this guy, I've been I've been scoping him out uh, since Monday, and he's going to be the number two wide out for San Diego. And there's a reason why Rivers is one of the top three quarterbacks. He finds a receiver. And in this game, you better start Tutu. Just look for Tutu. <laughs> Well, let's look at the other side of the ball. Obviously, you start in every charger you have. Uh, the Chargers remain one of the top pass defenses in the league through eight weeks, Mike. They're only averaging 176 yards allowed per game, only eight touchdowns versus seven picks, 25 sacks generated, too. So the Texans, on the other side of the ball, they, they're 23rd in the NFL with 19 sacks allowed, so the Chargers are likely to harass Matt Schaub with the pass rush this week. And then you've got, right. you know, the, the the rushing game for for San Diego. I mean, it's it's a three-headed Hydra monster here, Mike. I mean, people were drafting Ryan Matthews in the first, and I know you like Ryan Matthews, but people were drafting him in the late first, early second, and look at it. It's it's Tolbert, it's Matthews. They were they were both productive last week. They rang up 150 yards rushing against Tennessee, and even Sproles contributed. He's getting, he's catching the ball and running his change of pace. Uh, very hard to predict what's going to happen on that side of the ball. Arian Foster well, I, on the other I, side of the ball is a must start. But what do you do about the backfield in San Diego, Mike? Ryan Matthews, he's healthy. Is is he the guy to start, or is it Tolver? Uh Well, I think you've got to go with Matthews. Uh, you got to stick with the guy. Uh, the reason I say that and the reason you're talking about San Diego is, 
What has San Diego done in the last, uh, what, four or five years under Norvell, Norvell Turner? Yeah. They lose, they meander. And then come about week seven, eight, what happens? They start winning. And they're going to continue to do that. That's the San Diego Chargers. Nor Turner has a way of getting this team to buy in every single year. They start winning week eight, nine, ten, and then they continue forward until the playoffs. I don't know. Is that, is that Turner or is that Rivers, man? Because, you know, I think they kind of uh, coincide here with, with each other. I don't well, think it's I, I don't know because uh, – but but it's been every year that Turner's been there, and maybe every year River's been there. Maybe they just don't uh, they just don't hit that uh, hit that button until uh, week seven eight and say, okay, well it's time to go. Shot caller just came into the chat room. Welcome to you. Welcome uh, to Red versus Blue, buddy. Look, we've got uh, you know I've got another guy that I think is going to have a really good week this week, Mike. I'm really excited about him. I'm starting him in the World Championship of Fantasy Football this week after a goose egg laid last week, Mike, and I'm starting him with confidence. Do you have a clue who I'm talking about? Anybody in the chat room have a clue who I'm talking about? Had a goose egg last week, scored a big set zero, played all game, and I'm starting him with confidence this week. It has something to do with the team you like, Mike. The Dallas Cowboys, the Cowgirls this year, uh, they, they've got a very tough matchup against a tough Green Bay Packers team. And that player that I'm talking about is James Jones. Getting the start this week, Mike. Donald Drivers uh, been having these injuries. James Jones and Jordy Nelson are going to be in there. And yeah, uh, look, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are tied for, uh, you know, third most passing TDs allowed to date. Okay, 15. The same as the Bills have allowed. Uh, with just five interceptions, only 16 sacks to their credit. Uh, I, I, you know, Green Bay, you've got to think that Aaron Rodgers after last week is going to start to pick it up a notch here and, and, and make things happen. Meanwhile, the Packers pass, D, look, that's a, that's a unit that's really rounded into form. I mean, yeah, they had to play the Jets last week. That made them look good. Uh, but, but they are. They're, they're looking good. Sanchez was held to 200 yards, no touchdowns. He was sacked a couple times. Brett Favre only threw for 200 yards and one touchdown. Right now, the Packers are playing hard in this phase of the game and creating a lot of turnovers. An area Kitten has struggled in last week. Mike, what do you think about Green Bay, Dallas, and my and my pick of James Jones? Well, you know, I, I like James Jones uh, a little bit, but uh, I'm not sold on that. You know, I think uh, I think Jordy Nelson's going to get some uh, different looks, and uh, you know, I. James Jones, he, I mean, he might be a part of the equation, but uh, Dallas's defense has got to step up at some point in time and just shut it down. I mean, they're going to play teams shut it down sooner or later. I mean, I, you know, being a Cowboy fan, I'm, I'm really – I'm put out with it. Uh, but, you know, I still got to root for the fact that, you know, the bottom line is they, they've, got, they've got talent on that defensive end They've got talent in the secondary. They got talent in safety, so it's it's time to shut it down. So, in my opinion, I would not start James Jones. If you had somebody else instead of James Jones, I would do that. Yeah, uh, I, look, he's begging for the ball. Uh, we've been waiting for this kid to 
to get it going, and he just hasn't had it. I, they don't. I don't know what the deal is. They, he wants to get more involved. We've got uh, we've got somebody in the chat room. Uh, our, our very good friend Daydreamer Josh asking this question: If Beanie is out, and and it, and it appears that Beanie yep. will sit out this week with this injury. I mean, he's limited. There's swelling in the knee. He's questionable. Uh, and so it, it, it looks like one of those situations where, again, where we're, we're probably going to be putting in uh, high power into this game. So if that's the case, um, are, are you going to put in high tower or would you put in Donald Brown? That's what he's asking. High tower or Donald Brown? I say oh. high tower. He's, he's in the doghouse a little oh, bit, but Leron Stevens Howling would change of pace, and I think he is. Uh, isn't he also a little dinged up? So I, I think yeah. I put high tower. I, I've been I've been looking at this uh, real hard, Scott, and uh, you know because I got uh, Beanie Wells in one in, in another big league, and you know I'm like, oh man, if we don't have him, what are we gonna do? Uh, Tim Hightower, Tim Hightower is your flexibility guy. He's the guy that can you can always bank on catching the ball out of the backfield that you can rely on. So if uh, if he has Hightower, then yes. Definitely put in Hightower. Uh, if he doesn't, then uh, just need to find another option. Yeah, and again, he's asking uh, uh, about Hightower. The only con- you know, if Wells is out, look, uh, Stephen Towling did Hightower. have a rib injury, so you want you'll want to watch that. But uh, look, the, the Eagles rush D for the on the other side. He's talking about Donald Brown. They're right there in the middle of the pack through eight weeks. They're averaging about 110 yards per game. And, you know, they did limit Chris Johnson when they when he played him and held Atlanta back to, you know, earlier this year. So, I think they've been pretty stout. And I, and I don't think I would test Donald Brown. I mean, look, we've been waiting for this guy for how long now? I mean, you know, come on. We, we, we've got to I, – I wouldn't put it past them to put Javar James in there just as much as Donald Brown. And the fact that there's very little competition with Hightower, I think I'd have to lean Hightower in that one, so – we had another well, question. I, I, I'll, tell what, I'll tell you what. I, I do want to yes. give uh, day drinkers, uh, Josh, and uh, all those uh, that have been doing the uh, pros versus Joes. I, I think I think they're doing pretty damn good right now. I mean, they they are getting it done in the uh, pros versus Joes, and I'm glad to oh, see that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's very good. We love to keep up with the industry of high stakes football. We are going to talk about that a little bit, Mike, because I want to talk about the leader in the fantasy football players championship later tonight. But uh Mike, if you, you you might not have noticed, but somebody just passed you up this week. Just passed you up in the in the pros versus Joe's fantasy mojo challenge. Somebody just passed you up and, and is now looking a little bit better, looking a little bit more competitive. The team uh you know, the fantasy players association started a little slow, but look at this uh-huh. roster now, man. Uh, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, you got you got NJD and Jamal Charles, got Thomas Jones, got Lynch, got uh, Santo- yeah, got Steve Smith, Tim Parker, Mike Williams. Looking a little bit better. I had to go, Mike, I had to go through bye weeks. Uh, you know, I had to go through bye weeks and injuries, which uh, you know that's part of it. And I knew I would run into uh, injury problems, and uh, I did. Uh, I knew I'd. Wa- would run into uh, bye situations, which I did. But uh, come the uh, come the home stretch, uh, I'm gonna be like Zenyatta, baby. I'm I'm coming. 
Hey, well, I really like what Josh did over there. John Duckworth, too, both those guys have been very competitive this year in the pros versus Joe's challenge. I, I mentioned that I thought John just dominated his draft there that night that he pulled that off. But, Josh, you got to like him, you know, stepping out on him, drafting Darren McFadden, getting rewarded. He drafted John at best. He had Andre Johnson. Uh, he landed Peter Garcon. He also landed Hakeem Nick. So, look, you you hit on – he lost Finley, but he had Watson. You know, you – you, that's the yeah. way. That's the way you win these things. He he hit on Knicks. He hit on McFadden. I mean, teams that have Knicks and McFadden this year. That's that's the potent combination to have, Mike. If you if you had to name one one player the best running back in the league right now, I think you you and I talked earlier. That that was the name. That was the name that came off your list, and he looked really good. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, because uh, there's been so much up and down, up and down with running backs. I mean. You'll get Arian Foster that just exploded on the scene against uh, Indianapolis, and then he might have a 25-yard game, uh, 75-yard game, uh, AP. He's been touch and go. Uh, Chris Johnson, touch and go. Explosive, yeah, beautiful. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about consistency out of your running back, you're getting it out of uh, Darren McFadden. Well, they're, they're talking, uh, look, King of Queens in the uh, chat room said he got Keelan and Portis everywhere he could tonight. So, look, you're here. these are guys that are very experienced. You can't let things like that just go by unnoticed. I'm going to go and research Clinton Portis here as soon as I get off this show and find out what in the world, why is one of the better players in the world looking and picking up Portis everywhere he can. That's, that's the type of stuff you can get here at the chat room of Red versus Blue. So, Mike, let's keep moving, man. Um, look at – yeah, look at this. Uh, New York Giants. They're emerging as one of the best teams in the NFC, Mike. I think it's like a it's a there's a, it's a three horse race in the NFC. You got the Falcons, you got the Giants, and you got the Saints. And one of these teams is going to represent the you know the NFC this year. And look, Eli Manning. Uh, Eli Manning has a very good matchup this week against Seattle. He's the third best fantasy quarterback over the past four weeks, Mike, in average points per game, okay? He's got, uh, look at this, look at his completion percentage, 72 for 107 for 780 yards and nine touchdowns in three games prior to the bye week, okay? Now, you know, they, they're a good coach has their team prepared. We talked about it last week on Red versus Blue, Mike. We talked about the good coaches have their team teams prepared, and I was worried that Rex Ryan would not have these Jets prepared because he just doesn't seem like he's that type of coach, you know, to to be a yeah. student of the game, make sure you're ready, like Tony Dungy is, you know, he was always ready. Well, you know, the Giants are, are well coached by Tom Coughlin. They're coming in, traveling to Seattle. Charlie Whitehurst is the starter here, so you would think that uh, Eli Manning is going to be able to torch this defense. And uh, they've been excelling at rushing the passer all year. They're tied for third in the NFL with 24 sacks. And uh, look, Seattle, it, 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 it's the battle of the Bulls. Seattle's tied for 28th in the NFL with 22 sacks allowed today. So it's a huge area of concern for the Seahawks. And, and uh, I, look, I, I love the coach. I, I, I'm, I think they've done a great job. They're running into a much better team this week. Yeah, I would be very careful, though. Uh, because the over and under is 41, which is very low right now. Uh, the yeah, those are all Giants points this week. About, I would say about 37 to 3. The Giants are a seven-point favorite 
and the old on the road. So that tells me that uh, you know the line is telling me that the Giants are going to totally dominate via right. the run, via right. the run. So uh, oh, okay. you might want to, you know, I I love the uh, the Eli Manning, Hakeem Nix. Uh, I love the combo that they've been doing. Uh, the Bradshaw uh, Jacobs combination. That might be the thing you might want to look for. Because it could be run, run, run all day long. And uh, so uh, when I saw that line, it kind of surprised me. Uh, when, but, but I look at Seattle and Whitehurst, uh, you know, he's just going to do the best he can. But uh, if you have, if you can pick up a Giants defense here or there, that might be a good D pickup. Who? Which, which team? The Giants? Giants, absolutely. Huh. Well, they're they're long gone, my friend. The Giants, Giants, these are long gone. If they're out there in any league, absolutely, definitely scoop them up, my man. But uh, look, I, I, I've been very impressed with this Giants defense. Uh, they just continue to do it, and, and ever ever since that uh, shellacking against the Bears, it really got their confidence rolling, and and now it's just uh, it, it's game on for for the Giants. And, and and Seattle, like I said, it's it's running. You're running into a situation. The Giants' strength is the pass rush. The Seahawks' weakness is pass defense. It's not going to be pretty for Charlie Whitehurst. Uh, Mike Williams, it's interesting, you know, he is uh, he is going to play this week, so he is healthy. He did practice fully, and he'll play. So you've got Mike Williams on one side. You've got Deion Butler on the other. Golden Tate has been ruled out of this game. He did look pretty good. I, kind of, I watched that game uh, and the highlights again, and they threw to him several times on the sideline. He, he he tiptoed a couple of passes, went up and got him. Uh, didn't he? Kind of stepped out. Tate was looking better. Now he's got this injury, so I don't know. I mean, this. I would say that John Carlson might be a good start this week, Mike. John Carlson. This team at Seattle is going to be behind the entire second half. Okay, you got to start Mike Williams. You got to start Dion Butler, and I would even start John Carlson. They are going to be throwing as well as early as the third quarter. They're going to abandon the run, and they're, they're going to be way behind. I think Eli's well, going to light him up. I think Bradshaw's going to light him up, like you said. And I think you start all your Seahawks this week. Yeah, this could be a crazy game, Scott, because, uh, you know, it's the NFL. I mean, we've seen so many things happen that uh, really don't make sense. So uh, uh, I could see this game being 3 3 and a half. I could see this game being 20, 21 21 and a half. Uh, you know, it, this game is hard to figure out, but uh, I would start anybody you have on uh, the Giants, I would start, whether it be uh, Manning, Knicks, uh, Bradshaw, uh, maybe even Brandon Jacobs. I mean, you know, I, I would start them because uh, the Giants are that big a favorite on the road, and, uh, you know, they're fighting for uh, – they're fighting to be number one seed. I mean, it's hard to say that – that it's this early in the year, but they're fighting to be the number one seed in the NFC. Well, again, the Giants are on a big-time roll coming into this game, entering the second half of the season. Steve Smith, Hakeem Nicks will not be stopped against Seattle uh, on the road or not. I think that's a, that's a game that uh, the Giants are going to roll. Let's, let's look at this interesting matchup, Mike. Indianapolis against Philadelphia. Again, we talked about coaches coming off a of bye week. If you research the stats, you'll find this out, Mike. Ames Reed is undefeated as an NFL head coach after the bye week. That's a, that's a statistic for you right there. How do you like that? He's the best. 
I mean, he's prepared. He comes in with a game plan. But he gets Indianapolis. This is going to be a very big test for that stat line here. You can't get a bigger test than that. Philly is a three-point favorite. It's right on the money, as a home team should be. Uh, but the Eagles uh, are, are, are in a situation where they're facing Peyton Manning. In the past defense for the Eagles, they're ranked 11th in the league. Uh, they're, they're gambling. They're a high-pressure unit. They've racked up 11 picks and 21 sacks this year. But they've also allowed 13 passing touchdowns, fifth most in the NFL through seven games, Mike. So, uh, look, Matt Ryan went off on them. Uh, Terry Collins pitched 250 and three. Now you got Peyton Manning. <laughs> and, and, and they, he's got Jacob Tammy. Look, he played well in relief of Dallas Clark last week. Garcon made up for Collie. You got Collie back in the game now. Gonzalez is now dinged up. Doesn't look like Gonzalez is going to go. And did you watch that game on Monday night, Mike? Uh, Reggie Wayne, he was he was targeted 12 times last week, only four catches. I gave you a lot there. Just talk about this game. What do you see out of this game? Well, right now, uh, I see uh, – I'm kind of shocked that they're, they're not going to stick with Cobb. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as uh, Michael Vick, uh, you know, I think he can get things done against them. Uh, the old number is 46 and a half. I'm looking at it. Uh, Philly is a three-point favorite. Uh, you know, until until Indianapolis shows me some kind of running game, I'm going to have a hard time believing in them. And that's just the way I see it. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, he can get things uh, he can get things done with uh, Philly, and you know they can be able to establish something. But until uh, Indianapolis shows me that, which you know I'm, I'm not a big believer in Mike Hart right now, uh, they're going to have to show me something. Uh, other than that, I, I believe that uh, Philly Philly can win that game. Well, look, you know you. you there's no reason to even roll out stats here. Uh, we know that Indianapolis can't stop the run. They can stop the pass. I, I think Vic will be challenged this week, right, uh, against the Colts pass. They're ranked seventh this year. They only allow 200 yards per game. They've only uh, surrendered eight touchdowns so far this year, Mike. So I think, you know, I'm going to start Michael Vick this week over Matt Ryan, and, and the only reason is for his Whoa. leg, man. He's going to get the ground game. And I think, uh, you know, Atlanta could just run the ball all day against Tampa, right? So I think Vic will run the ball uh, plenty against oh. the Colts, and that's where he'll get his stats. He might yeah. not throw it as much, but he will be back to his old ways of running the ball. So I'm, I'm going to put him in there. What do you think? No, no, I totally disagree, Scott. Uh, he will not get over 50 yards rushing. 50 yards rushing. I'll take five. I'll take five yards rushing. That's like 100 yard passing, Mike. That's that's like 120 yard passing, man. I'll take that. He will not get over 50 yards rushing. All right. Well, you're not you're not going to get a butter burger bet out of me. Look, I, I I want my two butter burgers. I want I want them. I want them, and uh, you know, just get them in the mail to me. Look, the Eagles have Deshaun Jackson back in the lineup this week, Mike. I know you love D-Jack. He's scheduled to uh, he he practiced all week, right? And and uh, he 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 looks like he's a go. Now, when Vic was under center, he preferred Jackson, 26 targets. Macklin had 18, Selleck 15. I mean, they, they, he prefers Deshaun Jackson the most, and we expect, you know, gosh, you gotta, you got to think that that's going to continue as soon as D-Jack's back out there. Now, will he break one on the Colts? I don't know. It seems like he gets behind every defense every time I watch him. Deshaun's 
wide open yeah. on a pass play. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm, I'm excited to see D-Jack back in the game. How about you? Yeah, no question. Uh, it's going to be fun because, he, you know, for whatever reason, uh, Kevin Cobb and D-Jack, they, they, they never melt. Uh, Kevin Cobb and uh, Jeremy Macklin, they do. Uh, it's just one of them things, and uh, but I think uh, Deshaun Jackson's. I mean, he should he should be one of uh, Vic's favorite targets. But uh, you know, I, man, I just don't think this offense is going to score much. I really don't. Let's look at this uh, this interesting game. You know, I, I let off the show and in the promos, and I talked. You know, some things. Uh, some things never change, and some things do. And, and 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 here we are again. New England's leading the AFC, Mike. It's just, you know, when you, it, it, as soon as you start to discount these guys, uh, here we are again. The, 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 the funny thing is, Mike, and let me rant on this a little bit. It's a different way of winning for New England. It's not. Look at Tom Brady. He's slowed way down since Randy Moss left town. Over the past four weeks, these three games. Mike, Brady is 29th in the NFL, 14.8 fantasy points per game, only 691 yards in three games, only three touchdowns and two picks. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not the same. Uh, look, Deion Branch led the team in targets during that span, 23, Welker 22. Uh, it's not the magical group of 2007, right? That's what I, that's what they said over at Football Guys, and i got to believe that it's, it's not the same Patriots team that we're seeing. They're winning in different ways, Mike. What's going on here with this Patriots? And, and they get a matchup against Cleveland. you got to like that. They're typical New England. They're typical hoodie. Uh, a hoodie. Uh, you know, they're typical Belichick. They're, they're a team. They're a team. It's not about what I do. It's about what we can do. And uh, they just continue to do it over and over and over again. And, you know, when you got guys like Woodhead – you know, uh, the week before last, he kind of laid an egg. This week, he's just – this week, he was super. I mean, New England is just – you know, it just depends on it depends on the matchups, depends on what uh, Belichick wants, and depends on what Brady wants. And, uh, you know, the, the law firm of Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, I mean, what can you say? I mean, this is a great team. Well, they've also got the, the one of the most vulnerable passing defenses in the league. They're ranked 31st in the NFL, and I'm not really sure I understand that yet. I've got to dig a little bit deeper. I see here that the Vikes put up 280 yards on them in a touchdown. Rivers posted for 325 yards on them. I mean, those are great quarterbacks. Um, they're 31st in the league. I don't see Colt McCoy exploiting it, but they do have Ben Watson, and I, and I, you would have to think there's not many other options to throw to here. You, they've got to get Watson maybe involved in, in maybe what could be a revenge game for him. So let's see what they do. I don't know. But, you know, on the other side of the ball, Mike, it's New England, the ground game. You, you've got a couple of options here. You know, Wes Welker doesn't even look like a, a must start anymore. It's almost He's almost a liability to your lineup because you have to put him in there only to see him get four catches for 34 yards. I mean, it's, it's not uh, – I'm, I'm ready to bench Welker and give somebody else a shot, maybe even Brandon Tate. I mean, I, I, it sounds weird, right, doesn't it? But could you do yeah, that? Do you have, can you do that yet? Are you ready? No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Tate, he's been explosive, but uh, you got to start Welker. 
especially when the uh, especially when the line is uh, forty three and a half. Uh, you know that screams of points at Cleveland. I mean, give me a break. That's forty three and a half points. So uh, you're telling me it's going to be twenty seven fourteen or you know something like that. So uh, New England's going to score points, and how they're going to do it, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's going to be Ross Welker. That that tells me that. I mean, I'm going right, well, to go. Hey. I'm I'm rolling with him. I'm rolling with him. Let's just uh, I've got, I've got a little bit of support in the chat room. Ian's rolling with him. Glenn looks like he's rolling with him. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's let's get Welker in the lineup and make sure that this is the week, guys. Uh, if we've been waiting for it, let let's move on to this game here, Mike. Um, another game I want to talk about is this. Uh, oh my goodness, Chicago at Buffalo. Are you kidding? That's the game I want to talk about. <laughs> That's next on my notes here, Mike. Uh, Chicago at Buffalo, Mike. I don't, I don't know why we're going to talk about this game, but look, it does have fantasy implications. Okay, um, it, it, uh, it's very interesting to see that color has fallen completely off the map over the last four weeks. Color is 26th in the league in quarterbacks in fantasy points, 570 yards, only one touchdown in four games, Mike. The four picks were tossed against Washington in the Bears' most recent game. So, look, this is just not the same uh, Chicago team we thought we'd expect. Uh, The hits continue to mount on on Jay Cutler, and they're the worst in the league. They've allowed 31 sacks in seven games, and he's been hit 53 times, Mike. I I mean, come on, this is is Buffalo we're talking about here. And and, and the Bills, right, D, they're just absolutely awful. Okay, they're dead right. last in the NFL. They've allowed 190 yards a game, eight touchdowns. So expect to see a lot of forte this week, maybe even Chester Taylor. But what about on the other side of the ball? What is Spiller? You love you love this Patrick, don't you? Yes, and I'm getting ready to tell you, I I totally disagree. No, I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, if you remember about, uh, I don't know, it's been about three, four months ago when I started calling uh, the Buffalo Bills or Toronto Bills, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was being for real about this. This game is going to be held in Toronto uh, with uh, Chicago as a three-point favorite. Uh, the old nerd is 41. Buffalo is showing me heart. They're showing me a lot of things that I like out of an NFL team that is losing. And it's hard to believe that you can uh, find something to like out of a team that's losing. Buffalo wins this game. Mark it down. Buffalo wins this game in Toronto. All right, well, that's why that's why I put this game on here, man, because it's not the same type of game that we're used to seeing. This there could be some fantasy relevance here is what I'm saying. Steve Johnson, uh, Lee Evans, I mean, these guys are coming out of the woodwork, man, and you're putting them in the lineup. And then you've got Spiller or Fred Jackson. Everybody thought it was going to be the Spiller show. But now, and, and with this Bears defense, they've really slipped up in this phase of the game, stopping the run. They've allowed, a, they allowed 111 yards to Seattle. Uh, 120 yards handed over to Washington. I mean, I could I could easily see Spiller or and or Fred Jackson both doing gotcha. well in this game. There's fantasy yeah. relevance here again in Buffalo, man. I I, I feel like uh, I feel like the Swami here for a second. 
Well, you know what, Scott? Uh, fantasy relevance, uh, let's put them in. Uh, Jackson will have a nice game. Fitzpatrick bounced back off of a, quote, bad game. Uh, because let's face it, his two games before his last game were pretty good. So Fitzpatrick, he bounces back, goes to Evans. Evans could be a huge impact player. Uh, and I think uh, on the Chicago side, uh, you know, I think uh, Forte, Forte could have a big game. Uh, but in the, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think Buffalo wins this game. I really do. Well, look, they're saying start Jay Cutler now. I got a couple of guys in the chat room talking about starting Jay Cutler. And again, you got to get in this chat room. You got to listen to some of these guys. They know their stuff. And I guess if if you have a, a have a game where you're not putting the pressure on Cutler and they can run the ball, if it pushes the defense back a little bit, maybe uh, maybe this is the type of game that Mike Martz is, is is just chomping at the bit for. I don't know. Look, we talked about Dallas and Green Bay a little bit, Mike. I didn't get a touch on this point. I want to make sure everybody knows. The Cowboys' rushing defense, they've completely collapsed over the second quarter of the season here. They were eighth in the NFL after four weeks, according to uh, football guys here, with an average of 80 net yards allowed a game. Now, they've given away zero touchdowns in September, okay? They were very hot. Then came October, and the team ranks 24th in the league. They've allowed like 120 yards a game. They've coughed up five scores the last four games, and Jacksonville blasted them for 150. The Giants roasted them for 200. The second most points allowed over the four weeks, Mike, only Denver's been worse in this time span. So what's that tell you? If you were thinking about Brandon Jackson in your lineup, put him in there. Put him in there. This is the type of game that he can go. I mean, he's been getting 10 or 11 or 12 against teams like the Jets. Think of what he can do against a team like Dallas, who's completely defeated, completely deflated. I mean, it's a Dead Bryant-type game. It's a, it's, they're going to get their superstars involved. You're going to see Austin score. You might even see Dead Bryant score or Winton. You know, their superstars are going to play well. But this yeah, game, but the defense is caved, Mike. It looked really, really bad. It's a, it's a total joke from the, uh, from the top down. And, uh, you know, Jerry Jones has already said, well, I'm not going to fire uh, – I'm not going to make a decision on my head coaching job. You know, it's just a it's, a it's a bad thing going on right now. And uh, I just hope they can string together a couple wins, get some confidence moving into next year. But it sounds like it's going to be a total uh, total remodel move. All right, we've also got the, uh, the injury information I want to get to really quick, obviously, because I'm looking at this Minnesota game thinking to myself, what's going on in Minnesota? Well, injuries. Injuries are happening in Minnesota. You started off the year with the whole Sidney Rice debacle. He did come off the uh, the pump now, and he, it's going to be a couple of weeks before he's really ready to go, and if that. But they, they think he will be able to contribute, and it just depends. You know, if this team wins a couple of games and they have a chance at a comeback, maybe he maybe they uh, maybe they put him in there. But I, I, there's, a, there's a part of me, Mike, here that says he might. It might just be time to go ahead and cut bait if if they lose a couple more games here, because I I could see them easily just saying, you know what, we're not going to risk it. There's no reason to. There's nothing to play for here. Shutting down. Let's get the Bears Jackson warmed up for next year. Sure. Not doing it. Uh, but Percy Harvick, he's he's a game time decision. If you've got Percy, the, the ankle injury is lingering, Mike. And 
And I don't know what you do with this team now. Who, who does Brett Favre have if, if he's even in the game? Well, I, you know what? You know, I've had a, I've had a, a fun time, fun time thinking about this. And uh, right now, uh, Shianko, again, Shianko. Uh, I mean, that's got to be his only target. Uh, his only target for the end zone. Uh, you know, this game. Uh, you know, the spread right now. Minnesota is eight point favorite and forty one. Um, it's going to be a Shianko if he has the opportunity to throw the end zone. Look for Adrian Peterson to really go nuts right now, this week against Arizona. Arizona has nothing offensively to even scare Minnesota about. So uh, I, I really think uh, Adrian Peterson uh, and uh, Shanko are going to have two uh, two good games. Oh, yeah, you have to be looking forward. you got to be licking your chops if you're an Adrian Peterson owner yes. uh, against Arizona. That's a Fantastic matchup. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do there. Some people are saying Shanko in the chat room, and you know I could buy it. I'm just I'm just really unimpressed, uninspired with what Shanko has done in this offense, and I don't know what happened there. But uh, he started off strong and, and targets, just had there's no targets. I mean they yeah. they they had different targets. Uh, you know they were trying to put in Camarillo. They're trying to put in Randy Moss. They're trying to put in different things, but. Uh, if you look at it uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, Chanko, he was a he was a definite target, and then it tailed off. And then uh, you know it, it, it's got to be his time. I think Chanko is going to be a big time target for uh, Brett Favre. Let's talk about the Oakland uh, Kansas City game here a minute. This Oakland Raiders team is is finally after about oh I don't know five six years here playing fantastic football, Mike. You know, it's, it's really crazy. We've been really hard on Al Davis for several years because of the idiotic boneheaded moves he's made in the draft, uh, you know, passing on great players, picking up other ones. And, you know, they have looked fantastic behind defense, yeah. defense, defense, and this run game that is really controlling things. I mean, fantastic ball, Mike. And now, they've got a tough matchup this week against Kansas City. Kansas City, they're – they're a nuclear rushing offense right now. Jamal Charles, Thomas Jones, they are really on fire uh, playing very, very well against teams. And, you know, look, they're averaging uh, 190 rushing yards a game. I said that right, 190 rushing yards per game. Uh, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Now, Oakland on the other side of the ball, that's about the only place it gets better. It's Darren McFadden, man. This guy, we talked about him earlier. What do you see? Who's going to win this game, Mike? This is a very interesting – it's probably the more entertaining game. I'm going to have it on my television. It's You know, it's a bitter robbery. Uh, one of my best friends, He's he's been an Oakland Raiders fan since he was a little kid. Uh, it's just uh, – it's one of the bitter, bitter robberies in all the NFL. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. That Raiders. Uh, Oakland will dominate this game. Uh, the reason I say that is because Oakland's defense is better. Their offensive line is better. Uh, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback, whether it's uh, Drakowski. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. These guys, uh, they'll get it done at quarterback. Uh, running back, Darren McFadden has improved. I mean, he's, he's become a man. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they have not faced an offensive line 
and a running game like they're getting ready to. So the reason this game, the the over and under is 41, is because it's 41 because Oakland has all the tools it takes to win this game. And Oakland is only a one-point favorite, but Oakland's defense is better than people think. The Raiders are back, man. The Raiders are back. Hey, you, you might be right. I'm, I mean, Campbell's playing well. The, the, the problem here is uh, you've got one team that's not healthy. Lewis Murphy's not in. Chaz Schillings is not in. And now, Mike, their biggest threat on the offense in the passing game, Zach Miller, he's doubtful. That's a huge injury for this game. I would go ahead and lay money with the Chiefs right now simply because of Zach Miller. You take Zach Miller out of that offense, the Chiefs are going to own you. What's the spread in that game? Uh, Oakland, Oakland is a one-point favorite, and but you got to remember now, you got McFadden as a running back slash wide receiver, and you got that other running back that you know he can, uh, you know he, he can, can play some pretty good ball too. Uh, Oakland's one-point favorite. I, I tell you what, I love Kansas City in that game, and again, it all hinges on Zach Miller. I. I think he is very important to that offense. Just being there, being a huge target over the middle. You got Derek Bay is now the only way to stretch the field, and you don't have anybody else ready to catch the ball. With Jacoby Ford. I mean, who else you got? I can't even name another receiver on the team right now besides those guys. So uh, McFadden and Bush better get done. Totally I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Oakland. You take KC. Okay, well, look, but what you're saying is, I, I mean, McFadden and Bush, sure, okay, that matches up with Charles and Jones. I don't disagree with you, but then I think you just got all the other components. You've got two good defenses. Maybe Oakland's defense is the story of this game. But guess what? Ottawa is doubtful as well. So you're, you're telling me you could take the best player on offense in the passing game, Zach Miller, and the best player on defense, the shutdown corner Ottawa, and you're still going to beat the Chiefs? Who are very high right now? I don't know, man. I, I think that's I think that's, I think that's trouble. I, at I home, trouble. I love it. I, I love this matchup. Uh, I love this game, and I love the fact that uh, Oakland they you know they have a lot of things going for them. Uh, they they're doing real well against good teams. Kansas City they've done real well against fair teams. All right, I like Oakland. I love- a couple, a couple more injuries I want to bring up. Bob Sanders out again, bicep injury. Polian said he'd be back in week 13. Okay, we've heard that story before. Austin Collie is expected to play. Donald Brown is expected to start. Uh, Mike Hart has that ankle. That poor kid, man, he looked really good, and, and, it, and he's just that ankle. He, he's, not, uh, he's not able to say. He had that same problem in Michigan. Anthony Gonzalez is not expected to play as well. I think we ran through that. Um we, we talked about Beanie Wells already with the swelling in the knee. He's questionable. Branch is a game-time decision with that hamstring. Reggie Bush is again out, doubtful. Pierre, Pierre Thomas is out again. I guess Ivory, he's ready to go, but they looked absolutely putrid last week. Let's talk about that game. New Orleans at Carolina. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans put up 21 carries, Mike, last week. 21 carries on the ground for 30 yards against the Steelers. That's not well, good. Well, I'll tell you what happened real quick, Scott, is uh, Sean Payton, he lost uh, he lost all confidence at all in uh, Chris Ivory. Seven carries, seven yards. And he was like, 
no, I can't have this happening. Uh, so he put he put somebody else in. But, uh, you know, I mean, you have a low tolerance there. I mean, if the guy isn't getting it done right away and you're trying to win a game, then you're going to put somebody else in there. Liddell Betts, that could be an option. Liddell Betts could be a real option in fantasy players. Hey, um, you're absolutely right. Uh, but but I, I think uh, I think Ivory is the, is the play this week against Carolina. Again, though, I think it's very tough. The Panthers' rush needs are currently 21st in the NFL. They've allowed 120 yards per game. But they've been stingy with the touchdowns, four touchdowns so far. Steven Jackson, the, the, uh, St. Louis Rams, they only got 60 yards on the ground last week. Frank Gore was held under 100 yards against Carolina. Uh, in the Panthers' long win. So, uh, look, the, the, the Panthers' rush D is the best-performing unit on the Panthers' team. Now, you give them New Orleans, and uh, they, they have shut down corners, too. Panthers, Panthers' pass D isn't too shabby this year. They're, they're, they're allowing only 180 yards per game with only 10 touchdowns so far. So, look, this is a very good defense, and it's a rivalry game, too. you got to watch these division games, okay? You don't... You don't ever give credit to these division games, right? But New Orleans-Carolina is a division game. New Orleans is traveling to Carolina. Mike, how many points is Carolina getting? Well, uh, uh, right now it's uh, New Orleans' six-and-a-half-point favorite. And the scary thing is the over-and-under is 41. That's another low-under. So uh, that tells me that uh, Carolina's defense is pretty, pretty strong. That's another play I like, Mike. I like that play. I like that play a lot. You've still got – I mean, look, New Orleans has Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas around. Both their starting running backs are out. That's not to be overlooked uh, or dismissed just, you know, for the love of You've got Carolina who uh, has corners that shut down the wide receivers on the team. I mean, it could be a Lance Moore type day because, again, look, Carolina's number two against number one. And they're number three yep. against number twos. I mean, they're very good against the wide receivers. So you could definitely see maybe shots. This could be a lot lower scoring. Maybe. Yeah, no doubt, Scott. This could be a lot lower scoring than we think. This could be a uh, twenty to uh, seventeen type game. That's right. So hey, I also want to mention that as I'm looking at these stats here, I see that other thing that really glares at me every time I look at it, and I remind myself. Uh, you know, Indianapolis has a, a very good passing defense. You know, and we, we talk about uh, Deshaun Jackson coming back this week. Uh, but Indianapolis is number one in the league against number one wide receivers this year. But they do a very good job of shutting down the number one wide receiver. They're 20th in the league against number two. It forces the quarterbacks to push their way to that number two wide receiver. This could be a big Jeremy Macklin week. So, uh, you know, Deshaun's back, but but you got to watch out for uh, uh, Jeremy Macklin. Now, Owen Daniels, another game-time decision, a, a hamstring, Mike. I really feel sorry for the Owen Daniels believers uh, because, yeah. again, he's, he just has uh, injury after injury, has not been able to be healthy. And, guys, if you're in the chat room and you have not watched the Oregon Ducks play college football, Mike. Oh, my goodness. Mike, 20 seconds. Give them, give them how exciting it is to watch Oregon on offense. Strap it on, strap it on. Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what. What you need to do, you need to get knee pads, your arm pads, uh, put a put a, a bandana around your head, get you some water, get you, get you all the nutrients you can get, and then watch Oregon play because that is fun. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Mike. Hey, Red vs. Blue, we're out of here. Thanks for joining. Uh, I, good luck to all the crew in the chat room. I'm sure you guys will do well, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Society, crazy and deep.
down our lonely 